Friday, June 25th edition of the We Tackle Life podcast. Glad to have you along. It's been an eventful morning already, and uh, we'll get to that in the sports and faith portion of the podcast because, like the other day, they intersect. It's um, unavoidable. So uh, we'll go there, and I'm very appreciative of your time this morning. Thanks to those of you who have emailed the show with comments and reviewed the program on iTunes. I appreciate that very much. It does help us. I'm not sure exactly how, but I'm told by every podcaster in the world that it helps us. So thank you for emailing and for giving us five-star reviews on iTunes. I would appreciate if you would do that because, um, you know, I would love for uh, our audience to grow so we could deliver uh, more faith content to more ears and hopefully call people to um, more contented lives here. And yes, deliver results for our partners like Willis Spangler Starling, the official attorney firm of both the We Tackle Life podcast, the Bruce Hooley Show on radio, and of Bruce Hooley because I like to deal with honorable people. I've really been fortunate in my um uh, radio career, my broadcasting career, that I've met some really amazing people. They're not just people I represent. They've become really good friends. And that's uh, something that when I started in radio, I didn't really have that on my radar. But it has happened. It has enriched my life. And so I'm very happy to advocate for the people that I advocate for because I think your life will be better having an association with them, too. Certainly on something as important as the law, you need a great representative, somebody who you can trust, somebody who will prioritize what's best for you, somebody who'll tell you the hard thing if you need to hear it, and that's Willis Spangler Starling. Uh, They're really good people. They're located on Truman Boulevard in Hilliard, just north of Mill Run. And honestly, folks, it takes courage to um, advertise on this podcast because I say things that a fair amount of people don't like. I say things that a fair amount of people would like to marginalize me for, and by connection, marginalize anyone who's connected to me. So I appreciate very much the loyalty of Willis Spangler Starling, of Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, of AUIinfo.com, and uh, another sponsor that is uh, very close to joining. And so um, I'm appreciative of that. And my appreciation doesn't do them any good if they don't get any business because I understand life's a zero. It's not a, I don't know if it's a zero sum game, but it's a quid pro quo game. Anybody who would advertise on this podcast hopes to get results from it. And so if you need an attorney, I would appreciate that you reach out to willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com, and let them know that you're reaching out because you heard about them on the We Tackle Life podcast. Okay, Ohio State football is in the news today, and typically I would lead with that, but it's going to take us into the faith portion of the podcast. So I'm going to run through a couple little sports things, maybe not little, but a couple things, and then we'll get into the Ohio State stuff with what happened at the Ohio State House yesterday and a column today on cleveland.com from Doug LaMaurice. Doug was the guy who they hired to replace me at the Plain Dealer, and Doug is a phenomenally talented guy. Doug is a very smart guy. Doug is um, a very eloquent guy. He would be phenomenal on radio. He is uh, very talented in print. I can't say enough about Doug LaMaurice's talents, but Doug and I view the world through dramatically different prisms, and um, so we'll touch on that on his column and on my reactions to it. Uh, Let's start with hockey. Yes, hockey, because the Stanley Cup Final will have a Blue Jackets tint to it. Josh Anderson, yes, one of my favorite jackets. Nick Foligno and Josh Anderson. I was going to get one in the Stanley Cup Final because they played in the Western Conference Finals, the Canadians and the Blue, uh, uh, the Canadians and the Maple Leafs, and 
the Canadians came back and won the final three games of that series to unfortunately knock Nick Foligno out of playing for the Cup. But now Josh Anderson gets to play for the Cup because last night Montreal, in overtime, a minute 39 in, scored to defeat the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. So Josh Anderson chases the Cup. And guess who the coach of the Canadiens is? Well, the interim coach is Luke Richardson, former Blue Jacket, former neighbor of Chris Spielman. Yes, Spiels lives in the hockey neighborhood with Foligno and Luke Richardson. He's, uh, I guess, Spiels has a thing for captains of the Blue Jackets. I think Richardson was a captain. Maybe not. Maybe that was Lyle Lyle Odeline, now that I think about it. But at any rate, Luke Richardson is the interim coach of the Canadiens because Dominique Ducharme, their head coach, is in quarantine because, you know, COVID. And Dominique Ducharme uh, was hired like in February, I think, when they fired their coach. The Canadians have the lowest winning percentage of any team in the NHL playoffs. They were 527 winning percentage in the regular season. They are the first Canadian team to play for the Stanley Cup since the Vancouver Canucks in 2011. And the Canadians are the last Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup in 1993. So way back when Big Daddy Dan Wilkinson was the number one pick in the NFL draft the since the uh, Cincinnati Bengals the, by the Cincinnati Bengals, the Montreal Canadiens last won the Stanley Cup, and so congratulations to them. I don't know anything about their captain Shea Weber, but I'm happy for him because he will be playing in the Stanley Cup final for the first time in his career. He played 16 years and almost 1,100 regular season games, and he's finally gotten to the Stanley Cup. Oh, uh, Ducharme replaced Claude Julien. He was their coach who was fired during the season. Uh, they have a kid on their team, the Canadians. I find all this interesting. I'm not trying to make you a hockey guy, but I find all this interesting. They had the hockey version of the Heisman Trophy winner, like the top player in amateur college hockey, the Hobie Baker Award winner, a kid named Cole Can- Caulfield, Cole Caulfield, who played 10 regular season games. So he played the regular season in, in college. Then he got signed by the Canadians. He played 10 regular season games. He started the playoffs as a healthy scratch because they didn't believe in him. He had four goals in the six-game series win over the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Not four goals last night, but four goals in the series. So I find that all really cool stuff. And since this is part sports podcast, uh, I just wanted to let you in. You can throw all that out at your buddies at the water cooler, and they'll be like, wow, I didn't know you were a hockey guy. So you don't have to be. I'll help you be hockey guy here on the We Tackle Life podcast. Email the show, wetacklelife at gmail.com, wetacklelife at gmail.com. Speaking of COVID, and we always are, it goes from Canada to Britain. Yes, the British Open is the next and last major championship to be played, and some American players are said to be considering skipping it because of Great Britain's goofy COVID protocols. This is so stupid. It's being played in Sunningdale, England, and Colin Montgomery. Remember Monty, Mrs. Doubtfire? He lives 20 minutes from there, and he is not allowed to stay at his home during the British Open. He has to stay in the official bubble hotel. And so, in other words, he's not got COVID around his family, but he has to go to the hotel to be around people who may have COVID. It's dumb. Here's some of the other protocols. If somebody on your plane flying to the British Open and you're on a plane with a bunch of other guys, and a lot of times these guys pool and fly private, but they split the cost, 
If somebody on your plane to the British Open tests positive and is sitting anywhere close to you, you are out of the tournament, no questions asked. No matter if you're vaccinated, no matter if you test positive. You cannot have your players, you cannot have your wife or kids travel and watch the tournament, nor will they even let you go to a restaurant during the tournament without threat of being DQ'd. You're allowed to have up to four persons with you in your hotel, in your private rental accommodation. So it's not really a hotel. It's more like a condo place where they have these players staying. But they must be in your own support group. Multiple players or multiple caddies are not permitted to share private self-accommodation. So <laughs> let's make it as hard as we possibly can. Like, are vaccines good or not? Like, the aggravating thing to me about COVID is that we are placing, in some times, great faith in vaccines. We must have a vaccine to do this, that, and the other. And at other times, no faith in vaccines, like here. And we are not even asking the question about having COVID and your own body manufacturing antibodies, what good that does. How can we have all data here, data there, case study here, case study there, experiments here, experiments there, and nobody's doing an extensive study and asking the question, what about natural antibodies? How long do natural antibodies last? How effective are they? Certainly, we've, we've had enough time passed to get a reasonable view of natural antibodies as we have a, an apparently sometimes reasonable, sometimes unreasonable view of vaccines. Vaccines work if you're in America, but in, a, in Britain, they don't work because if you're vaccinated and you sit next to somebody, you are out of the tournament. So all goofy to me. I don't understand it. What I do understand is you'll save 15% off Hemisphere Coffee Roasters if you order your coffee from my great friends in Mechanicsburg. They have a beautiful facility. They'd love to make you a coffee, a latte, a whatever. I'm not coffee guy, but I am certainly the mission of HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com guy because I think it's awesome that they buy their coffee direct from growers in Nicaragua, Indonesia, Thailand, and other foreign countries. And that allows those growers to do great things in their local community. In, the Thail in Thailand, the guy who owns the plantation where Hemisphere buys its coffee, it's, it's coffee has to be grown like in high altitudes, I think. So the best coffee, at least. And so it's kind of on the side of a mountain, this village. And the women there have two choices for employment. They can work in the coffee industry. They can be prostitutes. So they have 70 women working on this plantation. That's 70 women that aren't in human trafficking in the sex slave industry. So when you buy Hemisphere Coffee Roasters coffee, that's what you're doing. In Nicaragua, they're, I think it's, no, excuse me, it's Indonesia. In Indonesia, their grower has planted 50 churches in little tiny outposts in the high country. So your coffee is awesome, but your coffee dollars are doing awesome things. And you save 15% off when you use the promo code We Tackle Life in all caps. We Tackle Life in all caps at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Okay. Uh, Browns football. I saw a story on ESPN today that Jadavion Clowney is the key to the Browns' defensive bounce back. Um, I disagree. Jadavion Clowney would be a great augmentation, but the Browns already can rush the passer with Miles Garrett and others. And I know, I'm not arguing that Jadavion Clowney wouldn't help the Browns. He'll help the Browns tremendously if he's healthy. He's rarely healthy. He's six months out from knee surgery. I would pump the brakes on getting all excited about Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett playing 16 games. It's been a while since both of them, or either of them, has played 16 games. 
to me, the biggest key to the Browns' defensive turnaround is geared to Greg Newsom, their number one pick at corner, Denzel Ward being healthy, John Johnson the third, arguably the top safety in the free agent market, coming in and meshing well with the defense, and second-round pick Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa from Notre Dame becoming kind of a hybrid safety linebacker, cover tight end, blitz the quarterback guy. They have a lot of things that could come together. It's not hard to envision how they could all come together seamlessly and make the Browns a great defense, and Jadavian Clowney is part of that. But for Jake Trotter to say he's a key or the key, a key, okay, sure. But of all those people I mentioned, they can do without Jadavian Clowney more than they can do with a bad year or an injury-plagued year by Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, or John Johnson. Jadavian Clowney is way down that list of guys that they absolutely positively have to have a great year out of for the Cleveland Browns to be a different defensive team, in my opinion, which should be self-evident since this is a podcast full of opinion. And now we will get into the meaty Ohio State football portion of the podcast and a faith portion of the podcast after I remind you that auinfo.com is a loyal sponsor of the podcast and they're loyal to you small business owners your business can include just you you're called a group of one in the government's eyes it can be you and one other person it can be you and 49 other people up to 50 people as a small business auinfo.com they're awesome what do they do they put together health benefit packages insurance benefit packages disability life dental vision for businesses they shop rates, they shop coverage, they give you the options, you pick, and and they are paid by the option you pick. You don't pay AUI. With an association with AUI, letting them do that work for you, taking it off your plate, making sure you're getting more for what you're paying for, making sure your employees are getting the benefits they want at the doctors and hospitals they want. You also get access to their dedicated HR specialist and their 300 HR training modules for your employees to get better at what they do and for you to stay out of an HR jackpot. So it is an incredible value. It is an incredible deal for you because you don't pay them, but you get all their expertise, and they're amazing. Chrissy is a rock star, the head of their business. AUIinfo.com, AUIinfo.com. Remember it if you're in business. If you want to stay in business and do well, AUIinfo.com. Okay, with all that said, it's now time to get into the uh, Buckeye football portion of the podcast, and that will take us into the faith portion of the podcast. So yesterday at the Ohio State House, you know I've talked a lot about Ryan Day and his desire for quick and fast action on a name, image, and likeness piece of legislation that will allow Ohio State football players, Ohio State athletes, college athletes throughout the state of Ohio to make money off their name, image, and likeness. They can do commercials. They can enter into um, personal services agreements, I presume, with boosters and anybody else they want to. Come over to dinner at my house, and I'll give you ten grand. I mean, maybe that's not an exact portrayal, but you know, do ad do ads for my car dealership. I'll pay you ten grand. Do ads for my car dealership. I'll pay you a million dollars. So you don't go to Alabama. <laughs> is there any ceiling on it? No idea. This is very complex. There are very complex questions about it, okay? And I understand the fans' desire to get this done 
because when their coach, Ryan Day, goes before the legislature twice in a 10-day period and talks about catastrophic impacts of it, uh, if it's not done, I get it. That people love Ryan Day, people love Ohio State football, they don't want to have a perceived disadvantage to Alabama or other states because, hey, Bama can pay their guys. I get it. I also get that if you're a state legislator, your number one duty is to not pass things fast at the at the expense of passing things that are uh, smart. And so I don't know what they're debating on this. Uh, I've told you my personal view of name, image, and likeness is that it's the right thing, but it won't be good for college athletics. That's irrelevant to the law part of it. But yesterday in the Ohio State House, this uh, guy pushing the bill to get it done quickly by July 1, um, I'm uh, at Jenna Powell. Jenna Powell is a representative, a um, a state representative from in Dark County, I believe. Dark in Miami counties is who Jenna represents. Jenna has been on my radio show. I have never met Jenna personally. I am a fan of Jenna's legislative agenda, so I'm giving you my viewpoint of what she did yesterday. Was she attached as an amendment to the name, image, and likeness bill? Another bill, which she has proposed, called the Protect Women's Sports Act. And it is just pretty self-evident. She is trying to make women's sports in the state of Ohio, grade school, junior high, high school, college, for women who are born biologically women. Transgender women which a transgender girl or a transgender woman is a biological male. They have male biology, male genitalia, and all the things that often, but not always, go with it, which is a narrower waist, um, wider shoulders, greater muscle mass, bigger bone structure, all the things that come with, particularly after puberty, a male biology. Jenna Powell has introduced a bill called the Protect Women's Sports Act, and it got, it got, uh, it wasn't getting immediate action because, you know, you got this dude from, I think he's from Centerville, who's pushing name, image, and likeness, and they're getting ready to go on summer vacation, and there's only so much time to uh, deal with certain legislative items, and, you know, they're, they're doing a vaccine bill to protect people from vaccine passports, and they got a full boat there, and so her bill looked like it was not going to get any action right away. Well, she did, a, she did a smart legislative thing, which if you're a legislator, you have to use all the tools available to you to do what you believe in to get your bill passed. So she attached it as an amendment to this name, image, and likeness bill. Now, she couldn't have done that without the body voting to uphold her attachment of that amendment to the bill. And so this is a majority decision by people elected by their representatives. And I understand that there are some of you who don't like it. I understand that there are some of you who hate it. And Doug Maurice, my successor at the Cleveland Plain Dealer, who has done the beat much better, I would say, than I have because he's transitioned into an era with video and podcasts. And I think I've said before, Doug's super talented. Um, Doug and I, and Doug and I, I hope, are still friendly Although Doug is clearly someone who possesses a different worldview than I do. That's okay. Um, I like to, I would like to engage with people who have a different worldview than I do. 
so I can expose them to a viewpoint they don't hold, and I could be exposed to a viewpoint I don't hold to test my viewpoint, which in my case is testing my faith because my viewpoint is my faith prism through everything. And so I'm not scared to engage with anybody who wants to talk to me about why I'm quote-unquote wrong or quote-unquote why they disagree with me on something. But there does seem to be a hesitancy on the part of people on the left to ever engage in a conversation or a discussion. Um, I offered Doug a spot on my radio show today. Doug declined. That's his right. Not going to blow him up for it. But I feel poorer for it because I would like to have that discussion with him in an open forum and in a civil way, because I think it could be a model for how we can have discourse on issues like this. Um, and we're not going to agree, probably. I remember one time on my uh, radio show in Cleveland, uh, my partner there, Gerard Cherry, um, three-time, I think three-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots, Gerard kept harping on a sports point, and I kept presenting a different viewpoint, and Gerard kept trying to illustrate his point, and he kept saying, you're not understanding what I'm saying, and I'm saying, and finally I said, no, I understand what you're saying. I don't agree with it. Well, that's just the difference is I understand it. I don't agree with it. And so we don't have very many discussions in our society today where we can just say, okay, you've made your point. I've made mine. I don't agree. There's no room for agreement. On this bill, this Protect Women's Sports Act, there's not going to likely be an accord reached. I have three daughters. I don't want my daughters playing sports against biological boys. My daughters are really good. They just are. They got their athletic ability from their mom. My oldest daughter's been MVP of her soccer league. She's being recruited, and she'll play college soccer, Lord willing, injury-free. If there's a boy on a field this fall playing against her, I'll pull her off the field. That won't be her decision. That'll be mine. Because my job as her father is to protect her. I will not put her in a situation where she could be hurt by a bigger, stronger, faster male. By a bigger, stronger, faster female, okay, that's the luck of the draw. I don't have any possible recourse there. Because there are girls bigger, faster, and stronger. But against a male, that will not happen. Because I will not allow it to happen. Because that's my responsibility as her dad, to protect her in all things. So, Doug Maurice wrote a column today on Cleveland.com. I read the column. I don't agree with it. Many people do agree with it. Doug's point is made very passionately that everybody loves Ohio State football. Pretty much everybody agrees on name, image, and likeness. It's um, He's highly critical of Jenna Powell for attaching this Protect Women's Sports Act to this bill. He says, you know, it's politics as usual. Um, that um, if legislators, I'll quote from it, have a cause, take a ride on everyone's favorite team. It's not that Ohio State football is more important than other issues. It's that Ohio State football is something almost everyone loves. And if legislators can't cooperatively pass a bill that agrees on that, Nothing is left that can't be sacrificed in the attempt to win a political point. Continuing the column. The, this was dragging down the Buckeyes. This was placing one controversial issue ahead of something on which everyone can agree. 
This was either grandstanding or admitting you can't pass your bill on its own. Either way, it was using college athletes, and they've already been used far too long, for too long. Okay, let me address some of that. The president of Ohio State, Christina Johnson, is a, gay, is a homosexual woman. She is an advocate for transgender athletes playing Big Ten girls sports because no biological woman is going to try to play a Big Ten men's sport. When we even use the term um, transgender athletes, we're never talking about a transgender man, a biological woman who wants to play with men. That never happens because of and the fact that it never happens should tell you that there's an inherent advantage in a biological man who identifies as female, thus a transgender woman, playing against biological women. The fact that no transgender men, biological women, try to play against biological men tells you something, does it not? If the playing field were even for biological men slash transgender girls to play against biological girls, if that were an even playing field, why don't we see any transgender men, biological women, play against biological men? Sorry, it's a word salad when you're talking about transgenderism. You just have to follow along. So... Um, I'm sure Doug would not accept as an argument that, yes, everything is political. And your job as a legislator is to get things done that you believe in, that you believe represent the view of your constituents. And I can tell you from working in Western Ohio in dark in Miami County, the bill that Jenna Powell got attached to this name, image, and likeness bill is absolutely a bill the people in that portion of her state, her constituents, believe in. And so it is her job, I would argue, to do everything she can to get her legislative agenda enacted. Everything legal. She can't go Larry Householder and bribe people, assuming that actually happened. But every tool is available to her. And it is um, not... (laughs) It is not, um, it's a word I'm looking for, not logical to assume that if the Democrats in the Ohio General Assembly could attach to a bill involving Ohio State athletics, a bill to further transgender um, preferred legislation, do you think they wouldn't do it? Of course they would do it. But they are outvoted by the majority of the Ohio House, which those people don't show up at broad and high by accident. They are there because they are voted on and elected to represent the people of the state of Ohio. So as much as Doug doesn't like this, and as much as many Ohio State fans don't like this, Doug's Doug's, um, objection to it, I sense, is... Um, both political and related to uh, he's he's against the political gamesmanship. It's what comes through to me in his column, and he is against. Um, I, th- I believe Doug is an advocate for the legislation um, that would. Uh, excuse me. I believe Doug is not 
not, not an advocate for the legislation. Um, I'm trying to explain why I say that. I'll just say it this way. Doug and I have had some communication that leads me to strongly believe that. Um, so I, I, I'll leave it at that. Um, okay, so this NIL bill, Ohio State, here's the thing. Ohio State wants this done too sweet. They want it done by emergency measures, okay? So Ohio State wants the state legislature to do them a favor. They want them to do, you, do me a solid here. We don't want JT Tiamulau to sign with Alabama because he can make money at Alabama and he can't make money at Ohio State. So do us a solid and get this done. Ohio State's beef, and Doug points this out. He's fair. He points this out. Ohio State's beef shouldn't be with the Ohio legislature. Ohio State's beef should be with Mark Emmert and the NCAA. Mark Emmert and the NCAA let Ohio State down, let every other school down in every other state that hasn't passed name and image and likeness legislation. So Jenna Powell's duty is not to Ohio State. The Republican legislators in the General Assembly, their duty is not to Ohio State. And Christina Johnson, the president of Ohio State, is an advocate for uh, the homosexual and transgender agenda, uh, can't have her cake and eat it too. She can't have a bill passed that would allow her football team and her basketball team to pay athletes and not have the state legislators representing the authentic opinion of their voters against biologically uh, mismatched sexes playing girls' sports because you want what you want, then we're going to get what we want. That is how politics is done. That is how politics has always been done. That is how politics will always be done. It just is. We could talk about a fantasy world where we only pass bills that uh, have one thing in them. No Democrat has ever attached a bill to another bill to get something done. It's done all the time. It's done all the time. And I'm not saying it's right. You want to have a, as I said, you want to have a long fantasy discussion about, well, don't do it in this case. Why? Because, because Ohio State wants it done? Because Ryan Day wants it done? I think Jenna Powell understands the viewpoint of her constituents, and she is doing the job she was elected to do, which is represent her constituents. So that is how, that is how the sausage is made. And that is how the sausage is going to continue to be made. And we will see now if the name, image, and likeness legislation passes. And um, we will see if the Protect Women's Sports Act passes with it. Um, that's just my view of it. I could go much, much deeper on it, but I think maybe I've exhausted your patience with it. And I've um, certainly exhausted mine. I will talk about it today on my radio show on 98.9 The Answer at 5 p.m. if you'd like to hear more about it. I did offer Doug a spot on the show uh, to come on and talk about it, and Doug declined. As I said, that is his right, but I wish he had come on because um, I just think that's uh, something he and I could have discussed in a way that could be instructive. So now in the faith portion of the podcast, <clears throat> I want to talk a little bit about how you respond when people come at you hard when you stand up for things that you believe in. I prayed for Jenna Powell this morning because I know she is going to be targeted and um, attacked 
by people who are passionate for homosexual and transgender rights. I assume she knew that. She has etched in stone a political legacy with this, in my view, courageous move to do this. There are parents right now going before school board meetings. There are people showing up at city council meetings as a movement arises in our country to marginalize or do things that are perceived by believers as intrusions on uh, the separation of church and state or an infringement upon the freedom of religion. So these things happen, and there is very little room for middle ground on them when on one side of the aisle you have people who are passionate about doing things they believe God is calling them to do and living in a way that God is calling them to live, and people on the other side of the aisle who have a, a zealotry that matches the passion of those who have their faith in Christ and are called to live authentically in Him, and people who believe just as strongly on the other side that they're doing the right thing for whatever um, agenda they're advancing, whether it's critical race theory, whether it's transgenderism, whether it's homosexuality, whatever it is. First of all, the people who are trying to follow the teachings of Christ need to understand that responding must be done in a way that does not attack the person individually, but that does not mean you cannot speak truthfully about what the Word of God says about certain things that are now becoming prevalent in our society. Uh, I have a colloquial saying that I use that I'm not in enforcement, I'm in marketing, so by that, what I mean is, I will tell you what's in the Bible, and then let it work on your own heart. Um, I'm not going to tell you my viewpoint of what your behavior will uh, result in, because I don't know. I'm not God. God is. But I do know that when you stand up for things you believe, because you feel that you are called to do that by God, by Ephesians 6.10, which is to stand against evil, take your stand, um, you will not be popular. Jenna Powell will not be popular. She will be, um, I would think, forever labeled as, you know, <laughs> a hater because of this. So I was reading in John 7, and Jesus is talking to his brothers. And you get the feeling that Jesus' brothers, because they grew up with him, right? They like go, how's this guy the son of God? Like, he's my brother. Like, he's my oldest brother, and I don't know how he got here, but I assume he got here because mom and dad, you know, had him. They may not know the story that he was divinely born. They may know the story and not believe it. But they're talking to Jesus about, hey, you know, Feast of the Tabernacles is going on up in Jerusalem. You ought to go. You ought to go so everybody will know who you are. Since you're doing all these miracles, show yourself to the world, it says in John 7, verse 4. For even his own brothers did not believe in him, it says in verse 5. Okay, So, Jesus says to them, the right time for me has not yet come. For you, any time is right. In other words, you can go do whatever you want to do. I'm When I go there, I got a purpose in going there, and now's not the time for me to go. And then he says something that I would like for you to remember if you are one of these courageous people like Jenna Powell, who is standing for truth in a hostile world. 
Jesus said, The world cannot hate you, but it hates me, because I testify that what it does is evil. The world cannot hate you. His brothers are fine. They're not going to hate the brothers. But it hates me, Jesus said, because I testify that what it does is evil. You can find ample scriptures that address sexuality in the Bible. I don't need to run through them right here. I'm not condemning anyone because there's, thankfully, through Christ, forgiveness and restoration at the cross for everyone. There is no sin, aside from blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, that is unforgivable. No sin. None. There is no one sin that is greater than another in terms of disqualifying you from being redeemed and forgiven and restored. All sin is such that it disqualifies you from being holy in God's eyes, because God is a perfect God and has pristine, uncorrupted holiness. And the only way we are acceptable to him is when he looks at us through the prism of Jesus Christ and we're washed of our sin by Christ's blood at the cross. So it's not what we do, it's what Jesus did. But we are, in appreciation for that gift, called to stand for the things that Jesus says are truth. And what the Bible says are truth, what the apostles say are truth, what has been preserved down through the ages by God's divine hand as truth. Letters from a Roman prison from Paul still here for us to read? What are the odds of that unless God had his hand on it? Come on. Okay, so standing for truth, Jesus tells you what's going to happen. The world can't, he says to his brothers, the world can't hate you. It hates me because I testify that what it does is evil. When you testify that Certain things in the world are evil because you're reading clearly the divinely inspired word of Christ or the word of his apostles, and you just lay it out there for people, and it works on their heart, and God's Holy Spirit convicts them of it, they will lash out at you in hatred. And that's hard to take. Trust me. I experienced some of it this morning, and it's not a pleasant thing. It will cost you friendships. I wish I could tell you that you could navigate through life and not have it cost you friendships if you're standing up authentically for God. But I will not lie to you. I will not lie to you. It will cost you friendships. It has cost me two that I know of. It um, may cost me more. And I do not surrender those friendships lightly. I do have some regret, but ultimately it comes down to who do I want to serve? Do I want to serve my own interests of comfort and of uh, collegiality and friendliness, or do I want to serve the person who hung on the cross and died for me, not because he deserved it, but because I deserve it? I choose the latter. I choose to serve him, and I will always choose to serve him. And as the Bible says, what does it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his soul? I will not make that, I will not make that transaction. I will not choose comfort, popularity, and peaceful relationships with men over the assurance that I am 
doing everything I can with my words, deeds, and attitudes to testify to the greatness of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did for me at the cross. With that, I leave you and hope you have a great day and a great weekend. Remember, courage is rarely doing the easy thing or the comfortable thing. Saying the easy thing or keeping quiet when you strenuously know the Bible is telling you speak truth. But ask yourself, as Joshua did, choose this day whom you will serve. His response to that was, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen to that. Thank you.